we sit down to eat, my mom is glaring at me and she's like, why are you eating? Like, if you're in labor, we need to be doing something. I'm sure there is something we should be doing. I'm like, no, I need to, I need to be eating. Trust me, it's fine. I feel fine. I'm like rocking back and forth and eating and she's not convinced. She pretty much thinks I will just go my entire labor without saying anything and then being like, guys, I'm pushing. And that's, that's <laughs> And then really there she push. is, catching the baby. Welcome to the Happy Homebirth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things homebirth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 92 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I have got to start this episode out by giving a huge congratulations to all of the amazing new members of the Happy Home Birth Academy. I am so excited to have you all. I can't wait to get to know you all better inside of HHA, and I know that you are going to have incredibly empowering birthing experiences, and I can't wait for you to share them on the podcast. So congratulations. And if you guys were hoping to join and miss the deadline, the program will be available again at a future date. So you will have another opportunity to sign up. All right. Next order of business is that the interview application to come on the Happy Home Birth Podcast is officially reopening this week. It will probably be out Tuesday, not Monday, if you're listening Monday, uh, just because I got to get that all set up. So just go to myhappyhomebirth.com and you will see the option on the menu to click for the application. So if you're interested, go ahead and do that ASAP. I am going to close that pretty quickly, just going to keep it open for about a week or so. So that's all the housekeeping I've got for you guys today. I'm super excited to jump into our interview with Katie. She has had three births. So we've got three birth stories, two hospital, one home. One of the births, her husband was deployed. It is some really interesting stuff, so I can't wait to dive in. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I am pretty excited. I am so glad that you're pretty excited. Would you mind starting by introducing yourself to the listeners? Uh, yeah, sure. My name is Katie, and I live in South Kansas City. Um, I've been married for almost five years now and we have three little girls and it's pretty much been, you know, having babies and raising babies for the last five years. That will take a lot of time. Turns out <laughs> a yeah, lot of time and effort. It's really exhausting. Nothing mm-hmm. I would rather do, but dang. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yes. Yes. Amen. All the mothers yeah. said amen. Yes. Well, yes. So I would love if we could start with your first birth, your number one yeah. of three. I know you mentioned that you had number one in a hospital and it was a good experience, but I'd love to hear, you know, what your pregnancy journey was like and then what that birth was like. Yeah, I, I would even say my first hospital birth was almost so good. It ruined my other hospital birth. Ah, okay. Because I thought that's what it was like. And it turns out that's more of like a fluke. <laughs> 
Mm. And I, I was working at the time for a physician's office in that same medical system. And then they got bought and everything changed. And, but anyway, um, we were, we were married for like two months when we found out that we were pregnant (laughs) and other than starting to, I mean, I felt awesome and fairly, you know, young as far as these things go, like 24, 25. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't really think that there was anything I needed to learn. To me, it was like, well, pregnancy is a perfectly normal, natural part of your life. God made you to do this. I don't need to try to read anything that's going to scare me. Mm. Because I was under the impression that, like, all the things that they're trying to tell you are all the bad and the what if and the you should be afraid of. And I wasn't afraid. And I, did, I wanted it to stay that way. That Which, makes sense. I mean, I totally it, understand that perspective. It makes sense. And it's also super naive. I'm very grateful everything went well and I know how easily it could have changed now but at the time I was just so convinced that any kind of education because I didn't even know where to go other than like you know how what to expect when you're expecting Mm -hmm. that I just I didn't want to go there I just wanted to kind of protect myself and just have confidence that I was made to do this Mm. yeah and that confidence is beautiful paired with education Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we, I was walking every day. I ended up walking something like 270 miles over the course of my pregnancy. Oh, wow. Which was really fun. Um, but other than that, I mean, I tried to eat well and walk a lot and drink a lot of water. And I was seeing an OB at the time who was, I'm sure I picked her simply because she did visit on Thursdays at the clinic where I worked. And so I didn't have to leave work to go. And I always felt bad about leaving. So it was easy. I could just check myself in and just go to the doctor and then come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that is very was, convenient. Yeah, it was great. And then I actually, at the end of pregnancy, when, you know, your visits increased, she moved and went to a different office. Oh. So okay. I had to keep going to see somebody else, but it doesn't matter. So that first pregnancy was pretty flawless, not, not a lot of issues that popped up. Yep. The only thing that came up was that, you know, you have to take the stupid, um, glucose test, Mm -hmm. which I didn't get actually sick, but I felt quite ill for a long time. Mm -hmm. I, I had, I was a, as a kid, we drank soda a lot. It was just kind of one of those things my mom kicks herself about now, but I had stopped. I, I, I hadn't had soda in so long. And so when you go from drinking water and black coffee to drinking something like that, it was just, it was really Oh, it's so but, shocking to the system when you are not someone that's consuming sugar like that. And then you right. ask your body to deal with it. It's like, wait, and, what? And artificial <laughs> sugar too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, uh, other than that, and testing positive for group B strep, which, of course, they made sure, and actually, this was not their intention, but I was quite scared of that. You know, at the time, I didn't, I didn't know. It was just like, you have to get antibiotics. You have to get three, what is it, three rounds, two rounds. Right. And so there was that, like, we need to go to the hospital as soon as I'm in labor so that we can get this mm. going. 
Gotcha. Um, and again, I didn't know that there were other ways you could go about this. I didn't know that you could not get them. Right. It was just kind of presented as you've tested positive, your baby's going to die if you don't mm-hmm. get antibiotics. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand. Why would I have this? Why would it be so dangerous? How come you don't know anything about it? You just know it's super dangerous. Right. That's, yeah, that's really, uh, gosh. Yeah. It's just that, you know, it's presented as, well, this is it. This is what you have. This is what you do. And no questions. Like this is just how we're going to proceed. Yeah. Well, so beyond that though, the actual laboring experience, what was that like? So my, my mom actually catered my wedding. So then someone who was at my wedding was like, can you cater my wedding too? This wedding was on the 24th of September. So she calls me on the 25th and says, I'm home. We're done. Uh, you know, just kind of joking. You can go into labor. And I was 38 <laughs> weeks. And so we were like, it's fine. Okay, cool. I'm glad you're done. But so we were kind of joking, like, no, it's fine. I'm so early. Like, there's no way. First time moms always go late. It'll be fine. So she goes to sleep for, you know, a day and a half and recover. And we were eating dinner and I was like, man, I just, I just don't feel well. I feel like I have a really bad stomach ache and we needed to go to, it was a Sunday, so we needed to go to mass and we went to evening mass, uh, like six o'clock on Sunday. And we're going through mass and I, I was wearing a watch and I'm like, this, this like stomach pain seems like it's every six minutes. <laughs> so I don't really know what is going on and I was I was okay but at the same time like we're we're Catholic so when it came time to go up and receive communion I was like I I don't know if I can do this like walking in that line and like waiting and then uh, I don't know how this is gonna go for me so it all worked out perfectly and like had a contraction and then went up and by the time I got back I had another one and wow. I was like this is so odd and we got home and made dinner and I was eating dinner and like rolling around on the birth ball and I was like I feel okay but it's also very regular so just kind of tried to be distracted until about 10 o'clock I tried to sleep and that didn't work and I think we were both just anxious about is this labor are they gonna laugh at me and be like oh honey <laughs> just go home this is just what it's like to be pregnant <laughs> so we actually ended up going to the hospital about 11 30 and to our surprise I was admitted ah and we didn't even bring our bags in which was oh my goodness yeah because we I mean we were both like pretty sure they were going to send us home and tell me to just you know get over it mm-hmm. and so because I mean I was walking around I was pretty fine and then um I ended up laboring all night and I was tethered to the bed because they you know I didn't know that to be on the antibiotics you didn't actually need to be continuously hooked up Mm. and I didn't realize they were giving me fluid so they I had to sit in the bed and like by the time I asked I like really wanted to get up and move around I was so weak that I mean I could barely make it to the bathroom I was shaking a lot and so I ended up just laboring in bed basically like rocking back and forth the entire time yeah and again like I didn't even know I didn't even know they were coping I didn't know that like you could have your partner you know your 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 husband whoever your mom 
somebody do counter pressure. I didn't know that was a thing. All I knew was that I didn't want any medicine. I didn't want anything. And so I was like holding my husband's hand and like rocking through these contractions and trying to make it better. And uh, yeah, so we, we called my mom at, I don't know, probably when we were admitted to the hospital and she was like, okay, I really need to sleep some more because I wanted her to be out there. She was like, I really need to sleep some more. So I'll head your way. I'll sleep for a couple hours and head your way at like four. So it was a five hour drive. We lived in Topeka at the time. Find out later, I was stalled from 7, like 7 a.m. I was at seven centimeters and had been for hours. And it was getting to the point where, like, they were suggesting things. And, like, they ended up giving me some Stadol, which I didn't know anything about. And now that I've heard other stories, thankfully, I was one of the people that, like, it didn't do anything for the contractions. But I felt like I was sleeping in between them. But not so much that it was an endless contraction, which I've heard can happen. Right. Yeah. That one. So it's just, oh gosh, I've just heard. So, yeah. Some moms that really just like throws them for like a loopy spin. So that is yeah, good to and that wasn't. I only, I think it only really took the edge off in between because mm-hmm. they were, they were, I don't remember how close together they were or anything like that. I was kind of out of it. Um, but I do remember later that like I had basically been stalled the entire time my mom was driving. Uh, so your body. <laughs> and once she, and once she got to the waiting. hospital, I went, I got to 10 real fast. Wow. Cause she got there around, I don't know, seven thirty, seven forty-five, and the baby was born at nine. Gosh, that's so amazing. Those connections that we have. Yeah. Yeah. But she was, so she was there when I was on the state all for a little bit. And I remember falling asleep. And waking up and being like, whoa, like that was quite a nap. And my mom was like, you were maybe out for like 10 seconds. <laughs> but I mean, you could have told me it was an hour and a half and I would have believed you. I was just like, wow, that was <laughs> great. Woo. Yeah. So yeah, they wouldn't, uh, we tried to like labor in the shower and they said that they thought I had a, a leak. And so I couldn't do that. And they did a pH test that came back inconclusive. And later they had to break my water. So I mean. <laughs> They had to, so no. you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, the nurse actually, of course, I didn't know better, came in and offered and then stretched me from like nine and a half to 10, which was Ooh. excruciating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yikes. And then uh, my doctor actually came on shift at nine o'clock or close to there. Because I know I pushed for like 15, 20 minutes maybe. Mm. And my actual doctor was the one that delivered her. Gotcha. But yeah, they, she came in, broke my water and that was that. Wow. And so, so state all was the only thing that you ended up having. Did you mm-hmm. end up needing an epidural? So what was that like? What was your pushing like without, you know, coping mechanisms or were they telling you when to well, push? I, they were, they, yeah, they were telling me when to push and I was, you know, again, I did not, I did not prepare for this very well, but I was holding my breath because I mean, I didn't really know how else to do it. And I was laying on my back and my husband was holding my leg and my mom was holding my other leg. And like, I ended up, I forget what it's called, but when you pop the blood vessels, uh, like in your face, mm. I had popped all of the, like everywhere, my entire mm. face down to my shoulders. 
And in the next two days after she was born, the white of my eyes turned completely red. Oh, man. From pushing. Wow. And I kept forgetting I looked like that. Oh, and my gosh. eyes, like, were swollen after I pushed. And so, like, she was on me, and they were, you know, doing this. They were checking things. And I was super excited to see her, of course. But I was like, how come I can't see anything? How come everything is blurry? And, like, I don't understand. And, of course, you're in this, like, alternate reality so I just kept saying it over and over and over and it felt like no one was listening but I was like yeah she's cute but why can't I see she's cute I think everyone like yeah I mean she's super close so I got that going for me but yeah wow and that was your positive birthing experience in the hospital well it was more so because of the postpartum the postpartum made it so wonderful Oh, my, when I was just about to push, like right after my mom got there, my husband decided he needed to take his contacts out because he had been basically standing next to me all night. And he was like, not to complain, but the hospital beds are at the worst height. It's either Mm -hmm. so high, my arm is really uncomfortable or it's so low that my arm is really uncomfortable. And I don't really know how to, so he had slept, he hadn't, you know, basically, basically was standing. So he doesn't take his contacts out. One rolls behind his eyes. And I don't wear contacts. I'm sure it hurts a lot. So he's over there trying to get this thing out of his eyes. It hurts so much. My mom goes over to help him. And it was very comical. And we still joke about it to this day. Because it was like, uh, okay, I'll be over here by myself then. <laughs> it's fine, guys. Going on. I got My it. husband cool. needs a doula right now for his yeah. contacts. No joke. <laughs> no joke. So he tells people now. He's like, make sure you wear your glasses. <laughs> Love that. But, yeah, so... Postpartum, they got us in a room right away, uh, right after she was born, which was awesome. And at the hospital where we were, they had two different kinds of recovery rooms. They had a room with a regular hospital bed that they always insisted their first-time C-section mom went to. And then they had a room that had a queen bed. Oh, my. Yeah. So Ian, of course, like dove right for the bed and took a huge nap because he was just exhausted. Which we also just poked endless fun at him. We were like, it was a super tiring for you there. Uh, because, of course, I've got all the adrenaline. I could sleep for a long, long time. Right. But it was really great. And the nurses would come in and, like, check them out. But since we didn't really want very much from them, we didn't really, you know, we were kind of with, we stayed with her constantly. Nobody ever took her away and did anything. So they would kind of come in, and I didn't want pain this in, and I didn't really want anybody bothering me. And so the nurses were awesome and they were, they just left us alone and they'd come to check every once in a while and we got to stay together and he didn't have to go home to sleep and it's pretty awesome. Wow. That, yeah, that's very interesting. I don't feel like I've ever heard anyone else say their recovery was a queen size bed in the hospital. Right. It was so nice. And they had all this stuff, like all the stuff there, but like kind of tucked away. So when they came in, to take my vitals it was really discreet and really quiet and yeah it was very pleasant very neat well so so that's kind you of what I expected <laughs> right so you have this birthing experience in the hospital and you think like all right cool so next birth next pregnancy you opt for another hospital birth but your husband was deployed at this time mm-hmm. so what mm-hmm. was that he like? left he left august uh early august and then she was born September 9th. Mm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That is, I can't imagine. How, how was that? What, what was that experience like for you? Uh, I try to, it's hard to explain. I tell people, like, to 
to have my Josephine, I would do it. Absolutely. To do it again, I'd rather not. Right. I'd, I'd rather pass on that. Mm-hmm. But we talked about it before, like, we even knew that she existed. Like, what, what are we supposed to do here with this, with this deployment coming up? Because our oldest is going to be two when you leave. And by the time you get back, like, that's a, that'd be a four-year gap. And that's oh, a lot. Yeah. It's a lot for little kids. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm just glad, like, you know, I'm because we are Catholic, we use natural family planning. And, like, I love it. I think it's so amazing. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that, to a certain degree, the decision is not mine. We <laughs> right. do what we think is prudent, and we leave the rest up to God. And he said, Josephine. So that mm-hmm. gave us a lot of comfort. That right, this is how right. it's supposed to be. Oh, that is very comforting to just to, to feel like, okay, well, this was so meant to be. What, you know, what is there to, to fear when you know that that's, when you feel that that's right. what's for you? And, and there are so many things in your life that you're, you're going to miss and you had control over. Mm-hmm. So trying to grasp at things you can't control so that you have this idea of like you're never going to miss any special moment with your child ever. It's just not realistic. Right. Right. So And he also, like when I had Adelina, he was kind of, uh, kind of sad because people had always joked about like, oh, make sure she doesn't squeeze your hand off when she's in labor and like all this kind of useless things that people mm-hmm. told him. And he was like, someone should have prepared me to see the person that I love the most in the most pain of their life mm. because nobody prepared me for that. Right. Because yep, he teased and then as soon as she was born, he started to cry and he was like, I was crying because it was over. Oh, that is, you know, we really don't, I feel like a lot of times we don't talk about how stressful labor and birth can be on the husband, the partner. Right, like, because it's always a game of one-off. It's like, oh, that was mm-hmm. hard for you. Well, imagine how hard it was for me. And I would much rather be the person doing it than the one trying to support it. Right. Uh, yeah, and be, I, I totally and be the see that. Sex and not understand. You yes, know, and that's the other thing. Right. right. You've been to births, you've seen it, you know it. Uh, a husband is like, you know, this is his first experience. Or even if you've had several children, okay, well, he's still only been to a handful of births. So yep. yeah, and I, fixed I, I by nature. Mm-hmm. And so since they can't fix it, they don't really know what to do. Right. So what was that like with him not there? Uh, actually, we had my, I had my mom come back out, mostly because I wanted someone to be with Adelina, just my oldest, just to make sure she was there because like my dad would come out when it was time, but I didn't know because my labor with my, my oldest, I don't know, was only 12 hours. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't all that much, especially right. for the first timer. Yeah, um, definitely. So we just, we just wanted to be prepared because I went 11 days early. That was kind of nerve wracking. So my mom was out here. We actually hired a doula because I knew I needed some, I needed somebody. I needed you know, like my Ian replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been researching. I don't remember when I started listening to podcasts. I think it was before um, I was even pregnant again. Mm-hmm. But I would listen to them all the time while I was walking. And I heard, you know, about doulas. And I was just, it was my entire idea of what was going on during birth really expanded. And so I knew I needed that support. And I would really appreciate that support. Um. So I found a doula and she was awesome. And she was actually the doula for my second birth too, or third, I mean. Mm. 
Um, so she was awesome. And like, I was able to text her and we met with her a couple of times. And so knowing she was there was incredibly helpful. Right. And what did that labor play out like? Uh, well, I woke up and I texted her. Uh, let's see. I was, I was my due date or the day before, because I had gotten two different due dates during the course of my pregnancy, but it was either the fifth or, or I mean, either the eighth or the ninth of uh, September. Mm-hmm. So I woke up on the eighth. I had taken a nap and I was like, man, I feel kind of achy. And so I text the doula and she calls me and she's like, describe this. <laughs> so I talked to her for a little while and she's like, okay, go on the walk. So we went and we walked two miles and while we were walking, I was like, you know, this kind of feels like a contraction. Oh, and I forgot my first labor. I'm pretty sure was all back labor. Ugh. Because <laughs> everything I read about contractions on like when I was asking around when I was in labor, it was like, okay, it doesn't sound like what I'm feeling though. Mm-hmm. It definitely comes in waves like a contraction, but what I'm feeling is back pain. I'm not really feeling. So anyway, I wasn't really sure this time because it just it felt different. It was very it, it's very obvious, but it it still felt weird. So like three o'clock in the afternoon, my mom calls my dad like eighteen times to wake him up from his nap so he can come, <laughs> and uh, he gets here about seven o'clock, and I'm definitely in labor now and so the duel is like well do you want me to come to your house you just want to meet me at the hospital like no you can come to the house but I'm gonna go walk I did the mile circuit which was her suggestion and I could not do the first part of it Um, now that's the for those who don't know what the mile circuit is that's open knee chest is the you're talking about that for your first mm -hmm, position mm -hmm. so your butt's like up in the air and your chest is all the way down on the ground and it it yeah. can be slightly uncomfortable, but it's basically. Well, I, yeah. Go ahead. I, sorry. I thought, <laughs> no, no, sorry. I, I kind of pictured her standing completely straight up, locked legs inside. Mm-hmm. And so doing that, I didn't really feel like I had any to move at all to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that is. But I did try. Oof. Right. So, okay, so you, you do the mile circuit. So anyway, you yeah, do... we, we did that, and then we went on. I, I laid down for a while, and I was like, I can rest. I mean, I can definitely tell they're still here, but I can rest. And then I went on a walk with my dad. Um, oh, and I nursed. I've been tandem nursing on and off. So I have been nursing for four years now. Woo! Just on and off, different. This one, <laughs> and then both, and then down to one, and then back to two, and then down to one again. Oh, boy. Uh, so I, I nursed Adelina for a little while before bed because she it was it was like a when she woke up before before her nap and like before bed or something like that mm-hmm. and I was trying to nurse her and I got four contractions back to back and I was like I am so sorry little girl but I can't I cannot <laughs> lay here and you bring on contractions I can't so she <laughs> went to bed hey, right my dad and I went on a walk and I'm timing them with the contraction timer and I'm like this stupid thing like he keeps telling me to go to the hospital but it's not that bad they're only 30 seconds long. They're about a minute and a half apart, and it's fine. And my dad is, like, waking out. And he, you, this is not normal. You need to go. We need to go home, and you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, fine. I don't, like, I was trying to give them a lot of room because I had asked them to help. But my mom right. has 60 sections. Mm. So my parents 
until like my sisters and I started having kids. My parents had never seen labor. Right. They had no idea what this was. So I'm like, okay, dad, like if it'll make you feel better, we'll go. Come back. My mom is also super anxious. We're like, okay, fine. I'll go to the hospital, guys. Because she's like picturing having a baby in the car and she just can't. She's like, you're doing this on purpose. Like, we need to just go. (laughs) So she thought it was, she thought I was not telling her how serious it was. When in reality, like, I just, I wasn't comprehending it as being that bad. Right. So we called the jeweler. We're like, never mind. Meet us at the hospital. So we get there at 930. She knows the you know, back way in because it's late. And get up there. It takes an hour for them to check me in. Oh, wow. And we were the only people there. And the lady oh, in the front was giving me all this attitude about you're not in the system. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm in labor. Please leave me alone. What do you need other than my birthday? I I don't understand. And I was a patient, like, in their practice. So I was like, I don't understand why you don't have this information, but it's also not my problem. Mm -hmm. In labor. And every time my doula tried to talk to her, she's like, I'm not speaking to you. And we're like, okay. Oh, my word. I was so thankful. My doula was, she's a rock star, and she has handled everything so gracefully. And, yeah. But so they go to check me, and... They're trying to tell me that I'm only four centimeters and blah, blah, blah. And the doula is standing there really quietly. And she's watching the monitors and she's like, yeah, your contractions are a minute long and a minute apart. You're just Ooh. not recognizing the first 15 and the last 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. You're not even noticing that it's happening. She's like, I was afraid of that. <laughs> so while you guys figure out what you're going to do and get us a room, I'm, we're going to go walk the hall. And she just kind of like, that was what we were doing. So she took mm-hmm. me out of triage and we went to walk the hall. I was like, awesome, cool. I don't want to be stuck in this bed anymore. Sounds great. So they eventually chase us down in the hallway and they're like, okay, we have a room for you. So we get into the room at 1130 and they make me sit on the edge of the bed to do the pick line, mm-hmm. which was incredibly hard to sit still, true. Right. And they had a tub and I had declined groupie strep. Uh, or not declined it, but I had declined the antibiotics for it because mm-hmm. I had decided, we had decided that it was not necessary in our case. Mm-hmm. Um, so this nurse is giving me all this grief about, you know, such a stupid decision and all this stuff. Please go talk to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, the Mo- Monica, my dual starts filling up the tub and I can get in the tub. I just can't push in the tub and can't have the baby in the tub. Okay, so we get in, it's like 11, 11.30 now, I think. Get in there, and like not even 10 minutes later, I feel like all kinds of bubbles. And I'm like, well, I think my water broke. Or it somehow kind of broke. I don't really know. And the jewel is just laughing at me, and she's like, okay, well, you're feeling pushy. And I'm like, no, and then not even five minutes later, I started feeling kind of pushy. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I guess I need to, I guess I need to get out of here, because I was, you know, enough of a, a rule follower and I wanted to be compliant because I, I chose to go to that hospital. So we get out and she takes the birth ball into the shower so that I can lean over that. And like I was holding my mom's hands and like looking at my mom and the duels using hot water on my lower back and doing counter pressure and all that wonderful stuff. And they ended up, um, my midwife wasn't actually the one that I had been seeing the entire time that was a different one from the practice that I had met before. And what I remember the most about her was she was sitting in a chair, like all the way across the room. 
This is your midwife, you said, or an OB? Mm-hmm. A midwife. Okay, gotcha. So you switched practices yeah, this time. I did. Yes. I knew I didn't know midwives were a thing. And then I found right. their thing. And then I found oh, one at the hospital and I was like, perfect. That sounds good. <laughs> um, so yeah, she was mostly just sitting across the room watching, which I thought was really incredible. It just kind of stuck with me for a really long time. Mm. And she eventually checked me and I, I just laid on the bathroom floor because I was like, I cannot move. There is no <laughs> way you're getting me out of here. And I was uh, at like eight or nine, I think. Mm. And so they wanted to get me over to the bed and they, they put up the back of the bed so that I could come and kneel. And no sooner had I got over there that the fetal ejection reflex like kicked in, oh, baby. which was quite a ride. Uh, <laughs> and I think two, three pushes, she was out. Wow. That was it. Yeah. That fetal ejection and, reflex. <laughs> yeah. And my jewel was up at my head the whole time, like reminding me to keep my voice low and like just uh, so helpful. Oh, that is so she was wonderful. born at 11.59. So how long was that labor from start to finish? Um, from like three o'clock in the afternoon-ish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty short. I, yeah. So now that sounds like a nice birthing experience, but mm-hmm. what, what happened after that? Well, so you don't play by their rules and you re- ignore the recommend, you know, recommended all that. So they keep you prisoner for longer. Mm. So I was required to stay for three days. Three and because days? I had, well, it ended up being that way because I had, I had had her at midnight. They wouldn't check her or do any of her stuff until midnight every night. Mm. And then they told me I couldn't leave because nobody wants to leave at midnight. I'm like, but I, I do, though. I actually, I will. I actually would love to leave. And the pediatrician wow. had to come by a bunch of extra times and like give me a bunch of grief about, you know, how that wasn't not a good idea and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm, well, we already I'm, did it. Number one. I'm very, I'm very sure of my decision. So I really appreciate it. If you just leave me alone. Right. And it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it was, it was done. Right. Also it's, it's over. And my labor was so short by the time I got to the hospital, it's nothing. You wouldn't have been able to do anything. That That's very fair. So, yeah, it was nonsense. And at six o'clock the next morning, after I'd finally fallen asleep, you know, once that high wears off, I had my mom slept with me for a few hours in the hospital. But that uh, that little couch situation is not very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And my mom is, you know, she's not a young lady. She's not a spring chicken anymore. As they say. <laughs> so she went home right after. Like my dad brought the toddler and then she met the baby and then they all went home to eat you know eat something and all passed out again because apparently the toddler was up in the middle of the night which was super weird mm. and uh so i'm finally falling asleep and there's jack hammering right outside my window oh my word because they were doing construction and they needed to fix the sign on the front of the building which is right where i was oh good like, that's oh, perfect cool. great and then they did, like, my blood pressure checks and her checks every, like, 30 minutes apart from each other. So someone was constantly coming in the room and doing something to it. Oh, wow. And I was like, could you guys do this together, please? And then someone, it was just, like, this comical series of events where it was like, I just, I just want to go home and sleep for more than, like, 20 seconds. Right, for just, three I'm, days. I'm so tired. I just, I just want to sleep. And, like, my baby's sleeping. I'm trying to sleep. 
just leave us alone. Someone came in in the, in the middle of the night and was like, I'm turning on the light and took out the trash. Oh, my like word. I'm like, um, guys. Oh, it was that's... just, it was insane. It was insane. Wow. And yeah, yeah the, pretty... the jackhammering was every single day and it was all day long. And they started at something like 6 or 6.30 in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Sheesh. So yeah. after that, then, your third birth, you decided to make a really big switch. Yes. What was that like? We, <laughs> I knew that I really didn't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. Just because it, it's just kind of stressful, especially having, like, a pretty fast labor we only lived 15 minutes away from the hospital and we still lived in the same spot. Uh, and we could have still gone to the hospital, but the more that I, because I mean, I was so much, I was like so full on birth nerd at this point that postpartum <laughs> when I was walking, I was still listening to birth podcasts and I was still researching things and I was just so engrossed in the whole thing. So even though the pregnancies were pretty close together, I had learned so much just from two to three that I was mm-hmm. like, I need something better. I want something better. And I also don't feel comfortable going to a hospital and ignoring all of the things they want to do. So that's just, that's just rude to get all their services. And then you're like, no, actually, I don't want any of these. And it just, it just didn't sit right to be going and soliciting their services when I really didn't want them. Right. It was just for some sense of safety. So yeah. when I told... I texted my doula like the week we found out we were pregnant. And I was like, you have to be free for me. That's how this is going to work. <laughs> because it was so wonderful. And my mom was so amazed by how that all went with the doula that we were like, I don't care that Ian's home this time. Like, we need to have her again so he can experience what that's like to have someone who actually knows what's going on to support you. Wow. Yes. So, so I text her and I don't know, it came out, she said something. I don't know if I told her I was going to switch care or if maybe I wanted to do a birth center this time. And she brought up home birth and I was like, no, I'm not comfortable with home birth. I didn't really know anything about it, but my youngest brother was born quote unquote full term. He was extracted full term. Mm. They said, and he was in the NICU for two weeks. And to me being a child when that happened, you know, I was 14, no, 10. I was 10 when that happened. So I remember it very clearly. And to not understand like, why a perfectly healthy, perfectly full-term baby has to be in the NICU for two weeks for breathing problems, mm-hmm. you know, an immature lung. And then, no joke, the same week that I had said to her, like, no, I'm not comfortable doing a home birth, I had listened to some podcast about um, labor, and I forget who it, who it was, and they were talking about physiological labor. And how when you wait for the body to do these things on its own, you don't see the kind of complications and, oh, wait, the baby actually wasn't ready that you Mm -hmm. see. And it just, it like clicked for me and it lined everything up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. (laughs) He wasn't ready. It's because he wasn't ready. Right. Not, and I don't know, it just, it seems so simple. But at the time, like, I was just so stuck in like, I couldn't do a home birth because what if my baby was like my brother? Like, what happened? You don't know that was happening. The doctors didn't know that would happen. And then right. there he was in the NICU. We couldn't see him. We weren't allowed to go see him. My dad had to take videos of him and bring him home, you know. So it was really, it was a lot to take as a kid. And I was like, I can't do that. I cannot risk something like that happening. 
Mm-hmm. And then everything switched and I was like, oh my gosh, that won't happen. <laughs> that is just not likely ever going to happen to me if I wait for my body to do things the way that it should. And if I wow. know how to support what's going on. Right. So we actually found a midwife like that same week. And yeah. <laughs> no, I can't I, do I, it. I like okay, actually, I'll do it. Like right away. Yeah, and, then I back and I was like, actually, yeah, because we had briefly talked about, well, what about a birth center? Like, that's a nice, happy medium. And I found one that our insurance would take and all this stuff. And she was like, well, if you do that, I can't go there with you. You'd have to find someone else because something happened, you know, and she was trying to be very discreet. And she was like, I will not work with the midwife that is there because it's something that happened to one of my clients. And I was like, well, I like you more than I like any potential, you know, birth center. So, um, and that's also a big red flag. I mean, if if she's a high quality doula, like it sounds like she is. And if she's saying like, "Mm, I can't do that. It's like, Ooh, uh, ding, ding, ding. I'm going to listen to that. And she was trying to be really respectful. And she was like, if you choose to do that, that's fine. But I will not support anyone there. I'm Mm -hmm. like, all right, I don't need it. (laughs) I guess yeah. it's home birth. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, great. Well then, so that's how you made your decision. What was this third birth like? This was not that long ago. This was February. No, so. this, was, this was really recent. So um, we had the same plan to have my mom come out. And I think my mom was really curious about like how this was going to work. And we didn't really know how it was going to work with the girls. We knew that just seems too little to be around. It's just too distressing for, you know, a 15-month-old, 14-month-old, mm-hmm. to see that. And she was very, very uh, reactive when I was just, like, being in pain and pregnant. So right. we knew that would be too much for her. And Adelina, on the other hand, had been walking with me and listening to these podcasts because I'd play them on my phone as I walked. So she was she's just as much of a birth nerd as I am. Mm-hmm. She was practicing her breathing and all this stuff because we had – I had found a videographer on YouTube who does birth videos, and I think they're really, really well done. So I would kind of skip around and make sure it was really discreet just to kind of gauge how she was reacting to things she might see. Mm-hmm. And she could not get enough of it. And she kept telling us, like, I have to be there when the baby's born. Like, well, I don't know when it will be, honey, so I'm not going to promise you anything because I'm not waking you up. Mm-hmm. And she would just honey, I have to be there. Oh. Well, honey, <laughs> we'll see. Honey, so she, she starts, called you yeah. honey. <laughs> yeah, she calls everyone honey. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> she, uh, she started playing all these games with her dolls, and she was, like, very pointed and tell me, like, I am going to the hospital with my kids because they want to be there when my baby's born. <laughs> okay, good for your kids. We'll see about you. Like, I still haven't <laughs> made up my mind. Um, oh, that's funny. So, yeah, my mom came out, like, nice and early because, again, we didn't know. Is this baby going to come when they say the due date? Like, we don't, how is this going to work? So mm-hmm. she came out, and I was in a lot of pain. I had a lot of um, muscle problems. Uh, so I was seeing a PT, and I was seeing a chiropractor and all this stuff, and we were just kind of managing it. There really wasn't any getting rid of it. There was some way the baby was positioned that was just making it help. So I couldn't like sit on the floor without it being really, really painful. And I had to kind of stop walking because it, I just, it was just bad. Not as bad as some people have it, but from my experiences of like having these easy breezy pregnancies, it, it threw me for a loop. Um, right. So my mom got here and 
we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and like DJ comes and goes and my midwife is like I think this is going to be your biggest baby just mm. by how everything feels I'm like yeah I'm I'm feeling it too because she's taken <laughs> up a lot of room in there and she doesn't seem to be as spread out as number two was she seems to be like this giant ball of baby in there and I could feel her move all of her limbs at one time she was like dancing in there because I could feel her chicken and her arms moving and it was just it was wild never ever had to kick count with her because she just she never stopped it was this constant (laughs) like yep I know you're there um which was really relieving because with my first one I had a anterior placenta so I really never felt her kick too much and to kick count I had to like go lay down somewhere quiet and really focus right and then the second one and I was like what is going on this is are they supposed to move this much yeah but anyway so we're waiting and my dad had come up to visit us once because he just he and my mom you know they're they're very sweet in their old age and they don't like being apart and so Mm -hmm. he came out to see her and then he would go home again and then Finally, we were like, okay, you should just come out because I'm almost 41 weeks. <laughs> this has got to be over soon. So I had joked with the doula because she was like, well, what do you want your first meal to be after you have your baby? Like, how about cheeseburgers? I'm always down for a cheeseburger. So she was <laughs> laughing at me and my husband's teasing me because that's what I choose every single time. And it's a Wednesday night and my husband and I went grocery shopping. We came home while we're making dinner for everybody. And I tell him, like, hey, I think maybe, I don't know, I feel something. But it had been a week and a half of, like, I feel pretty bad. (laughs) I feel something heavy in my pelvis all the time. I feel just, you know, there's a hundred signs that could be something or could be nothing. Or could just Mm -hmm. be, congratulations, you're having a baby soon, someday. (laughs) Someday soon. They're just, right, like, maybe it'll be today, probably not. So I tell him, I'm like, just so every just so it's on the record, like, I'm not just laboring and not telling anyone, like, hey, I think I feel weird. But we've done this game once or twice in the last few weeks pretty seriously where it was like, uh, I'm going to check the duo just in case. And then nothing happened. And I've never had Braxton hit with any of the girls. So it was all based on, like, oh, my pelvis feels weird or I have a lot of discharge or just random things like that. Just trying to really pay attention to how I felt. And so I tell him, and as we're making dinner, he and I are making dinner, and I find myself leaning on the counter <laughs> as I'm making dinner. And I'm like, that's, that's, I know what that leaning is. And I, like, caught myself going to do it because I wasn't even registering that I was having contractions. And I'm like, oh, leaning. Leaning is not, leaning is, I know. <laughs> I know that means we're doing something. So I text the duel, and she's like, oh, boy, okay. So we sit down to eat. My mom is glaring at me and she's like, why are you eating? Like, if you're in labor, we need to be doing something. I'm sure there is something we should be doing. I'm like, no, I need to, I need to be eating. Trust me. It's fine. I feel fine. I'm like rocking back and forth and eating and she's not convinced. She pretty much thinks I will just go my entire labor without saying anything and then being like, guys, I'm pushing. And that's, that's <laughs> and then really there she push. is catching the baby. Right. I think that's how she thought it would play out. But so I'm just kind of like rocking back and forth and laboring and about six o'clock I'm done. And so I just go to lean over the birth ball, like kneel on the ground and lean over it in the living room while they finish eating. And 
just kind of talking to them and hanging out and text the midwives. And I'm like, okay, these are definitely, I'm definitely having contractions. So they tell me that they are actually, they, they're about 30 minutes away, but they had just finished the birth and they were like up the road from us. So they were going to oh. go have dinner. Yeah, it, it worked out. I'm glad I called them when I did. She was like, we just finished. We'll stop close to you and have dinner and just call us or text us when you need anything. Mm-hmm. And so I call her 15 minutes later and I'm like, eh, because this is our first time doing this at home, I would really like if you were here. Since you're already basically here anyway, I think I think that would be good. And I had already called the doula and said, I, you know, you probably should be here too. The whole point <laughs> is for you to help me labor. And yeah, I don't want to be where I'm like not, I'm not paying attention and need help. And then somebody's got to call you. Right. So she's like, well, should I wait for my husband? Are you need me to come now? And I'm like, I think you probably should come now just in case. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I said to her. I don't remember. And she's talking to her husband and relaying it to him. And she's like, I think maybe I can wait if you're only five minutes away or whatever he was coming home from work. And she repeats what I said. And he's like, oh, that sounds like you. You said that when you were in labor and the baby was born an hour and a half later. Uh-huh. She's like, oh, my gosh, you're right. I need to leave now. <laughs> so she, uh, she and the midwives actually walked in at the same time. And they got here at like 6.45. And my husband had already filled up the tub or tried the birth pool. He had tr- she had tried to fill it up. Like we didn't really have a lot of time since he had mm-hmm. started. So he had begun working on that and then got distracted because I needed him to do counter pressure for me. So my mom's got the girls in the bathtub after dinner because that would keep them distracted. And I don't know why, but every couple contractions, I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I don't think I really needed to. I think it was one of those subconscious, like, you need to get up and walk around and come back and do this again. And then get up and walk around and come back. Because right. I kept going to the bathroom and I was like, I don't really need to be here. But, okay, I guess I'll go back in the living room. And, like, then eventually I, I was kind of making moaning sounds through contractions. And I was like, hey, mom, why don't you get them out of here? Just mm-hmm. because I don't want them to be distressed. And I kind of need to be here. We're, we have a house that's less than a thousand square feet. So it only has one bathroom and she took them to their room and I'm going back and forth and then I'm in the living room and I see everybody come in, but I was kind of in my own little world and they're getting all set up and I'm like, great. When they're all settled in, I'll ask if I can get in the tub. I forgot, like we never really talked about it. If they wanted anything to happen before that, or like if they wanted to check me or something, we just forgot that. Mm -hmm. So my husband's doing counter pressure and it gets to the point where it was so helpful. It was making things worse. Does that make sense? <laughs> like his, his counter pressure was like so good that it, it was actually making things more intense and I could feel her dropping. Interesting. And I was like, oh, yes. okay, stop. You got to stop. <laughs> it's no longer helping me. So I asked him like, Hey, can I get in? And I'm like, yeah, duh. Just go ahead. Do whatever you want. I'm like, all right, great. I'm going to go to the bathroom and then I'll, yeah, just in case, you know, I, I don't know why I needed to do that. So I walked to the bathroom and my doula was, you know, holding my arm. Everybody's just kind of staring at me, which I didn't really pay any attention to at the time. So then I'm sitting there and I just start like, uh, and my doula calls for the midwife and she's like, get in here. I'm like, oh, oh no, 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 I'm not having a baby in the bathroom. It is not happening. 
get me outside. Like we're going back into the birth. Like I'm not doing this in the bathroom. So she helped me walk back out there, get in the tub, like breathe for a second. I know my oldest came out to say hi to me. And I know I said something to her. And then my water broke and the fetal ejection reflex started immediately. It was like less than five minutes after I got in the water. And it wasn't really high enough and it wasn't really warm enough. So I'm starting to like push and I can't control anything, you know, and it's just kind of happening. And it was with my second, it was definitely like waves even through the fetal ejection reflex. Like it was a pushing wave and then a stop. And with Charlotte, it was this never ending, like thundering, pushing feeling. Oh my. And yeah, it was so bizarre. And I, I know I said during, cause I was kneeling down and leaning over the side of the tub. And I remember saying, I can't do this. And it's funny because not that there's like anything wrong with saying that in labor, but that's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. What oh, I hey. trying, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> right. What I was trying to say was like, this is wrong. Like, this is wrong. I cannot, I can't this way. And so mm-hmm. I tried for a little while and I was like, can I flip? Cause I kept pushing my, my hips down because I kept trying mm-hmm. to rise up and I didn't know I was doing it. And I wasn't really, you know, you're in this weird world. So they're like, you have to stay down. If you, whatever you do, you've got to stay down in the water. I'm like, I can't do this. Can I flip? Can I lay on my back? And they were like, do you want to please like, mm-hmm. please lay on your back. So I think they kind of wanted me to, and we're waiting for me to do it. So I slipped over like one push, she's out. Oh, wow. So I think she was stuck somehow because, mm-hmm. I mean, it all happened so fast that nobody really remembers. <laughs> and my jewel was like, I think maybe the midwife like reached down to like move something, but I, I don't, you know, it was hard to tell. And it was also fast. And she was born at 714. Wow. That is, it's really interesting that you say, you know, that you had this desire to like be in one place and then get up and go to the bathroom and then go back Mm -hmm. and then go to the bathroom. Like, it seems like your body was trying to get you to move around in a certain way. And then once Mm -hmm. again, once you're in the tub, you had to do the exact same thing, like switch your position. Mm -hmm. And that position switch is what was like, all right, there we go. Here comes the baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So neat. Yeah. Yeah. It was wow. It was insane. So they, they were there for like half an hour before she was born. <laughs> that was a quick And one. I didn't, it didn't really meet. And it was so amazing to me because I went through, obviously I went through transition while everybody was just kind of chilling and no one was with me because my husband at that point, like I had a couple contractions on my own without him because I was like, yeah, you're not, you're not actually making this better right now. And I let him, I let him help me through a few that made it worse because I was like, I know this is actually making it better. And I know he's helping her descend, but it's also really painful. Right. Um, so I let him do a couple and then it was like, no, it's just too intense for you to help like that. So I did a couple on my own and my mom took pictures. She tried, um, she took a couple, which it's miraculous that they came out at all because I like to, I like photography a lot. So my camera is always on manual and you have to adjust all the settings manually. And I'm sure I was using it last in the daytime and now it's at night, but they actually came out. Okay. Oh, wow. And it was just amazing. And like, I always use auto like manual focus and she just kind of holds it up and takes a picture and mm-hmm. half of them are actually in focus. It was, it's quite amazing, but the time stamp says right after seven, and he's oh. doing 
hip squeezes. So then, a couple contractions after that, then I go to the bathroom, then I walk back to the birth tub, and she's born at 714. Wow. That and is other a than whirlwind. pushing, like, pushing was where I was like, someone help me, because I cannot, like, I cannot focus. I can't even handle, like, there was nothing to, like, visually hold on to, if that makes sense, just because mm-hmm. it was coming so quickly. Mm-hmm. That's a great yeah, way to put it. Was, it. It was it was insane. And afterwards, it was like, I, I cannot believe that just happened. Oh, wow. Katie, what an amazing story. I love <laughs> that. I mean, I love the, the way that everything unfolded, but the fact that you, your most recent birth was just so beautiful and mm-hmm. such an encouraging birth. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. And she was also definitely my biggest. She was how, how big was she? Nine pounds and seven ounces. Oh, she grew so well. She did such a good job. Yeah, she growing. did. And my middle one was eight pounds, seven ounces. Oh, wow. And my first was six pounds and 11 ounces. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, and she was, so, she was on the earlier spread. side. She was a little early, that yeah. Is, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, just keep me updated on the next one. We'll find out how much yeah, that one no weighs. Yeah, no joke. No joke. <laughs> and I'm actually, I actually think her, what was stuck, but that her hand was up because oh. I noticed right after she was born, her left, the left side of her neck, she had big old scrapes, like baby finger scrapes. Oh my word. Because That's I know so I didn't scrape her. Right. And she had yeah, these big old scabs on her. So I think she, and she constantly plays with her hair right behind her ear on that side of her head. She's oh always got her hand up there twisting goodness. it. And yeah, my <laughs> husband's like, she always does it. She must have been doing it since she was born. Yep. She's been doing it since before she was born. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. Oh, Katie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such a joy to hear your stories. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.